There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome back to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast. We are continuing our Lancer arc today, and this one should be really exciting. I'm Dorka, my pronouns are she, her. My character is Zen, but she's not important today. I'm the anchor for this game, so instead of showing Zen in action, I'll be taking on the role of every other obstacle in the game. And now I have a controversial question for my co-hosts, which is Star Trek or Star Wars? I'm going to start with a disclaimer that this is not a fair question, and I know these are not mutually exclusive. I'm pretty fond of both. I'm a big fan of the whole, like, fantasy aesthetic of Star Wars, but honestly, Star Trek is, like, my first love. So, like, there's some Star Wars that I do love, and some Star Wars I just don't much care for at all, but I pretty much love Star Trek in all of its forms, except for Into Darkness, which we're not going to talk about. I love all my children equally. (laughs) I don't care for Into Darkness. (laughs) That would be just a whole podcast episode of just Dorka and I screaming. For $8,000 a month, you can get the bonus episode of Dorka and Ziva screaming. (laughs) So I guess I should probably go next. Uh, Hi, I'm Ziva. My pronouns are she, her. Um, And I also extremely hate Star Trek Into Darkness. I play Linda, the lovable human office lady who does not have a dog in this fight. Um, She, in the world of Lancer, goes by the call sign Snow Leopard and is using her mech Arctic Fox. I am definitely, even though I love Carrie Fisher with every bone in my body, um, I'm definitely on Team Star Trek. Um, I agree with Dorka. It's definitely like one of my, yeah, first loves in terms of media. I used to like sneak downstairs after my parents thought I was asleep to like watch Next Generation over their shoulders when I was like too young to understand that just because Riker had a beard didn't make him my dad. (laughs) This is a true story. Uh, I also thought it was Captain Pecan because I was like three. So anyway, that's adorable. Yeah, I so I literally some of my earliest memories are about watching Star Trek. Um, probably like the first like five minutes with my parents before they put me to bed, and then after that when I'd like sneak downstairs. So, uh, sorry, mom and dad, you probably already knew I snuck downstairs because three year olds aren't very smart. But anyway, I love Star Trek uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, especially TNG, which has just a very special place in my heart. But uh, yeah, that's that's my answer, uh, except for the fact that Carrie Fisher is in Star Wars, and I love Carrie Fisher very, very much. Absolutely, Team Star Trek. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Real de Trakel, who is usually a tiefling, but in this arc is a human. Their call sign is Ghost. And their mech's call sign is Shadow Step. As for Star Trek or Star Wars, uh, for this controversial question, I have a controversial answer. I don't care about either. Like, they're both fine. I'll watch them. If someone held a gun to my head and was like, hey, you have to pick one, 
I guess I'd pick Star Wars just because there was a brief stint at my previous job where we did some mobile ports for Star Wars games and I was pretty much like the only person on this one project and so I was pretty much just by myself on an android playing KOTOR for like two months every day. Uh, I've done pretty much every path on that game. For an additional $8,000, you can hear me complain about <laughs> KOTOR. But yeah, I don't know. They're fine. They're both fine. Like, you can also at me for that. I'm, you know, just send me messages. I'm lonely. Let's talk. <laughs> I'm Genevieve. My pronouns are she, her. My archivist name is Desdemona or Desi. In the world of Lancer, her call sign is Disaster and her mech's call sign is Tourniquet. And she is, I think, sort of living up to it right now. She's scary. <laughs> Things happen when you go into a bar. <laughs> Tempers flare. Star Trek or Star Wars? So, like, I'm a contrarian at heart, so I want to stay Star Wars now because both Ziva and Dorka said Star Trek. But much like Ziva and Dorka, my first love was Star Trek, like, as a kid, I had a little, like, nine-inch TV, like, the, the the kind that you could, like, take in a car and plug into the cigarette lighter with a little, like, antenna that I'd, like, put on my bed and, like, under the sheet so I could watch Next Generation on reruns at, like, 10 p.m. at night on UPN. <laughs> UPN. Yeah. I love Star Wars, too. It's just, like, I feel like, I feel like Star Trek has hurt me less. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Only that one really bad one. Like, I feel like Star Wars is like always fighting this battle to like, we're going to piss off half our fan base. Like, which half are we going to piss off today? Whereas like Star Trek's just doing Star Trek things and it knows that it's pissing off like maybe certain people as it becomes more inclusive and more representative of like what it should be. And that's sort of baked into the bones of it. And I kind of love that about it. I will add to my answer, like, I've never, like, I've seen Star Trek episodes, but I've never really gotten into Star Trek, where it's kind of like, I don't know, Star Wars is always like, here's all these movies and stuff. And I had, like, a phase when I was a kid and, like, Phantom Menace came out. And, like, I've always just been surrounded by people who really liked Star Wars, so kind of, like incidentally i have been exposed to much more star wars than star trek and i will say that even as someone who is not really a star wars fan like i said it's fine it has also just pissed me off because i just <laughs> feel like it just i want it to be better than it actually is and it's not <laughs> i feel like people will get mad at me for that and that's totally valid it's just i feel like there's all these really cool concepts and i never see them actually play out unless you know if I wanted to go into the EU or watch the TV shows, which I don't care about. I didn't want to care about The Mandalorian, but it was actually really good. Yeah, I need to give it a shot. <laughs> I really like the Western aesthetic, though. But anyway, in our last episode, our heroes visited the colony of Wayland on the volcanic planet of Mestos. Turns out they're not following just one distress call, but two. And the people living here are acting very strange. Come to think of it, Desi's been acting strange too. I'm sure it's completely unrelated. Anyway, the team found one of the missing Lancers they were keeping an eye out for, and though her memory appeared to have been wiped or tampered with, they managed to get enough clues out of her to lead them into the mine that supplies the colony. The further down they go, the more they feel that familiar anomaly feeling. They're definitely on the right track. So let's see what's standing in your way. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. <sighs> All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right. 
there is a big hole dug through the side of this wall. Oh boy. If we like shine a light through that hole, do we see anything? Uh, it seems to open up into a massive natural cavern. Okay, so before we go any further, I would like to use my investigate trigger because I want to like look and see if I can tell what dug through this hole. Was it like a big scary alien? Was it another lancer mech? Was it mining equipment? What sort of critter or phenomenon are we dealing with? Okay, go ahead and roll. I rolled a six plus two. I'm rolling terribly tonight. So yeah, you don't know what dug through this wall. Ah, Quick question. For, like, actions on the on the mech, we can only do that in combat, right? Like, if I wanted to do a scan, that would be in combat only? I could let you do that now. Okay. So I guess, like, here's a- it's a quick tech action. To scan, choose a character or object within sensors- Oh, no, no, that's not it. That's not what I meant to do. Search, sorry. Choose a target within sensors that you think is hidden and make a contested system check against their agility, that target immediately loses hidden. I guess that's what I want to do if that's something that's feasible. Yeah, but you have to choose a character within your sensors that you suspect is hidden. I mean, do I have to know what the target is? Could I just be like... That's a good question. Yeah, can I just like, kind of like a perception check, I guess. Like, is there a way to just do like a perception check? You know what? Do that. Okay. So I make a contested systems check against their agility. So if my systems is two, is that a plus two? Yes. So I guess for this, like, I'm not going into the tunnel yet. I'm just basically seeing, is there anything in the tunnel in front of us? And from what I can see of the room on the other side, is there anything that's hidden? That's basically it. I just want to see if there's anything about to, like, attack us, like, directly in front of us through this tunnel. Okay. I got a 15 plus two. All right. You can detect two mechs on the other side. Were they hidden or were they in plain sight? You're just looking through the hole. Mm -hmm. They weren't like intentionally trying to hide, but you wouldn't have noticed them immediately if you hadn't been searching for them. Okay. What you can tell, they seem to be powered down in that cavern. Uh, Can I tell like what model of mechs those are? No, not from where you are. Okay. So I would just let the others know. I'd be like, uh, we got some possible company waiting for us. Uh, there's two suits down there, but, uh, they're not, like, on. They're kind of hidden, but I don't think there's anyone in them at the moment. So, uh, we just might want to be a little bit careful. And I I can't tell who it could possibly be. I could try and sneak down there and see if there's something else going on. Maybe, uh, there's a person down there. Or uh, a pilot, or a horrifying alien monster. I mean, I guess that's true. Uh, I mean, my robot can go invisible, I guess. Mine can too, but only when I'm not moving. (laughs) I'm just going to arm my main rifle and walk down towards those two suits and figure out what's up. Alright, so you walk through the hole in the wall. (sighs) I guess we'll follow. Actually, no, I'm going to hang back since I'm sniping. Is there a way for me to, like go invisible out of combat and just like go down the hallway to like scout what does your system say the system that makes you invisible well it's a frame trait that i have the frame trait is called harlequin cloak during its turn the duskwing is invisible it reappears at the end of the turn okay yes i think that's specifically active during combat i see okay but desi has already gone through that hole in the wall yeah I mean, I'm a size 2 mech, you're a half-size mech, I'm probably providing you some cover. Yeah, I'm just gonna hide behind Desi's mech. Alright, the, the hole digs into a massive natural cave. 
plenty of room in here for all of your mechs. But on the other side of the cave is another wall that looks to be much the same, with a heavy metal door built into it. I guess quick thing before we do anything on the door, I have another question. I have a turret drone that is basically like a, <laughs> I guess like a Torviorn turret, where I could just like set it down and it gets triggered. Would I be able to set one down out of combat? I don't think any of the mech systems are meant or balanced to be used out of combat. Rude. Okay, then I can't <laughs> do anything. All right. Yeah, then, then never mind. How big is the door? The door is person-sized. So we have to get out of our mechs. I want to rip the door out with my mech before I get out of it. All right. The door is not budging. Even in a size 2 mech? <laughs> There's, like, nothing for you to hold onto, to grab onto. Can I punch it? Yes, but it's a very thick metal. Like, the hole in the other wall was drilled with, like, a big-ass industrial drill. This is a 50-foot-tall mech! Yeah, but it's not built for that sort of action. Say, Rill, is it a half-size mech? Is there any reason that you could just... There's nothing to grab onto, right? So Rill can't just, like, open it? Not that you can see from where you are. Are there any kind of, like, not peripherals? What am I thinking of? Uh, Any kind of, like, computers or anything like that in this room? Like, anything that would connect to the door or some kind of system? Uh, Why don't you make a roll? Just a flat, like, d20 roll? If you have a trigger that you can add to that, then you can add it. I guess read a switch situation, does that count? Yeah. 15 plus 4. So you can see on, like, either side of the cavern, there are, they look like terminals or consoles. Not like anything, not like any terminals or consoles you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Or that look to be in line with what you saw up on the surface. But it is something. I'd let the others know. Uh, I see, like, two computer things, so maybe I can try to finagle this door open. Um, And then I would walk over to whichever one's closest. And as you do that... Oh, boy. The two mechs... You you knew this was coming. The the two mechs that you noticed before beep and buzz and whir to life without pilots. Mm, That seems like cheating. That is cheating. I'm, I'm calling Zen. Zen, they're cheating down here. I don't know how to handle that, Rail. <laughs> Are we in combat? You're in combat now, yes. These two mechs that you can see, they activate as Rail moves for the terminal, and they do appear to be hostile. They are raising their weapons, taking aim. How far are they from me? You're, like, in the center of the room, and they're both, like, off to the left side. Oh, that's wonderful. One of them is size one, and one of them is small, like Rill's size one half. Um, can I attack? Yeah, if you want to take the first turn, you can take the first turn. Unless someone else wants to? Rill? Linda? No, I just want to know, like, specifically what the positioning you have imagined for us is, just so I can kind of take that into account before I do anything. Okay. So, Linda is back by the door. Desi is right in the center of the room. I'm going to say the cavern is... Well, how, how big is a size 2 mech? Big? It says tanks, vehicles, for example, APCs or construction vehicles, heavy mechs. Okay, so I'm going to say that the room is like 100 feet in diameter. So Desi is right in the center. Linda is all the way in the back. Um, the cavern's roughly circular. The two mechs are about 15 feet 
from Desi. It seemed like that's where they had fallen and deactivated, and that's where they're getting up again. And Rill is like off to the left-hand side of the room, about halfway between Desi and the wall. Okay. And for reference, I have names for these mechs. This is so we can like say what we're attacking and where. The small one is called a hornet, and the larger one is a witch. Okay, cool. Um, who's the who's the manufacturer for like ease of looking them up? The way this works in Lancer is the NPCs they're not like the same manufacturers and like mechs that you guys have. They're balanced differently, they're made separately. So um, they're in the DM section of the book, basically. Uh, is there any cover in this room? For ease of listening, I'm just gonna say no. Uh, okay, then I that's all I got uh, for questions. If if Desi wants to go first, I'm fine with that. I don't think Real is very Real's not gonna be quick on the draw for this. Okay, I'm gonna launch my Shiranga missiles. Um, that's my main launcher. It, they have a range of 15 feet. They deal three explosive damage, and the weapon can target can attack two targets at a time. So I'm attacking both suits. Okay. Hey. So that t- just targets their evasion, I would assume. It's not like a seeking or a smart weapon, right? It's an arcing weapon. Okay. So yeah. So these mechs are just going to roll evasion. So I'm rolling for the hornet first. Actually, wait. No, you have to roll. What do I roll? Uh, so first you're rolling. It's an attack roll. Okay. So that's a d20, right? Yes. Uh, 15. So you hit the witch which is the larger one, but the small one, the hornet, sort of weaves out of the way. What do these two mechs look like? I have no idea what they look like, honestly. Okay, okay, yeah, so that's fair. Use, use your imagination. Um, I will say that you recognize them from the images you saw in the bartender's memories. Aha, they're ghosts. But notably, you only see two mechs. Uh, do I know whose mechs belong to who? Because they took selfies in front of their mechs, right? Or I, could, I can't, like, assume that, like, just because they were in front of X mech, that is their mech, right? Yeah, you don't know which one belongs to which. Okay, cool. So how much damage does that uh, missile do? That does three explosive damage. All right, so that's three damage that you've done to the witch. And now it is the enemy's turn. So from your right, Genevieve, you feel some sort of tech invading your mech. And I'm making a tech attack. Okay, I rolled a one. (laughs) Uh, I assume your E defense is higher than a one. My E defense is an eight. And so you kind of feel like a presence next to you very briefly. And then you don't anymore. But no damage to your mech. Nothing happens to you. Rill and Linda might not even know that Desi was attacked. Okay. Can I raise them on comms? Yeah, you can absolutely do that. And so now you know that Desi was attacked. Okay. Uh, so so just to, before Linda moves, I do have bonded, which is when you take this talent, choose another pilot to be your bondmate, any mech skill checks and saves either character makes while you are adjacent game plus one accuracy of both characters have this talent. This increases the plus two accuracy so I guess I'd have to be next to Linda for this. Yeah, team. you would have to be right next to each other. Okay, okay. Because I think you took that for me as well, right? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, yeah. that's cute. Okay, cute. so I want to take. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a full action and then a quick action. You can only take one full action or two quick actions, or you can overcharge actually and take some heat to your mech if you want to do an additional quick action. 
Okay, so I could take two quick actions or one full action. So what I want to do is, um, well, first of all, I have Gunslinger as one of my um, talents, which lets me get plus one accuracy on the first attack roll I make with an auxiliary ranged weapon. So I just want to like keep that in my mind. Auxiliary weapons are a quick action? Yes. Almost all weapons are quick actions unless they say otherwise. So then what I want to do is I want to launch my Lotus Projector, which is a drone that is a quick action. It is a scout drone that can be deployed to a space within sensors and line of sight. It'll emit a burst to field that will let me know the current location, HP evasion, E-defense, and heat of all characters within the affected area. Hostile characters cannot hide in the area, and if they end their turn there, then they aren't hidden anymore. And hostile characters can't benefit from being invisible. Where are you deploying that? Basically, like, right around Desi. Okay. So you do that, and you don't see it, but your sensors all pick up a third mech. Mm. Third one. That is invisible. But since you have this drone there now, it does not benefit from invisibility. It lights up on your sensors. Plain as day. Okay, great. So then for my second thing, I want to go ahead and fire my auxiliary rifle, which is an Oracle MG1, which does uh, 1d3 kinetic damage. It says it has a specific range, which is 15. I, I think that's enough. So... 15 is like spaces on the grid, so it's not the same as feet. Okay, but 15 spaces on the grid is pretty far. Yeah, so I'm just gonna say yes. Okay. How many feet is one grid? Like a size one mech fits in like one tile? Yes. So it's like decently, I don't know, five to ten feet? Okay. Okay, each space is equivalent to ten feet. Okay. So every distance, multiply it by 10. So there's 10 tiles in this cave. Yeah. Okay. So I should definitely be able to shoot it then. Yeah. So 15 range is 150 feet. Okay. So then I want to roll this for my auxiliary rifle. I get plus one accuracy because of my skill and then another plus one accuracy because this is an accurate weapon. Okay, so the way that works is you roll your d20 and you're going to roll two d6s, but you only add the higher d6. Okay, so I got a 14 plus 5 is the higher of my two, so that's a 19. Okay, and which one are you attacking? I'm going to go ahead and attack the... which one's bigger, the witch? Or is the mystery one bigger? The mystery one is the same size as the witch. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and attack the witch. And it's 1d3 kinetic damage, so that's going to be 3 divided by 2 is 1.5, round up to 2. Okay, so that's 2 damage. So that is your turn, unless you have anything else you want to do? Uh, no. So now it is another enemy's turn. So the witch, as it begins to move, it turns invisible. What's the range of your drone, Ziva? It is burst two. Okay, so 20 feet. Yes. Okay, so it goes invisible, and then it disappears from your scanners, so it moves out of that range. And then I'm making a tech attack against Rill. Oh, I rolled another one. What is happening? My E-defense is 10. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I guess we should go over that. Tech attacks target a mech's E-defense. And, like, weapon attacks target a mech's evasion, unless they say otherwise. So yeah, it definitely misses, but now it's making another tech attack, 
Against me again? Yes. Oh. Because these are these are quick techs, so they get two in a turn. Uh, so that time I rolled a 14. Mm, all of a sudden my E defense is actually 15. Oh man, weird. <laughs> okay, well, the witch also has a plus one, so... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to cheat, I failed. <laughs> Your sensors go dark. I can't see at all. Until the end of your next turn, your next turn, you only have line of sight to adjacent spaces. Mmm. Spicy. And you do not know exactly where the witch was when it made that attack because it was invisible. And at the end of its turn, it reappears. You can still not see it because it is not adjacent to you. Mm Mm-hmm. But Desi and Linda can see it. It is about halfway between Desi and Rill. Okay. And I think it is your turn, because you're the only player who hasn't gone yet. Okay, well, I do have a question. For my turret drones, what is, like, the range of the deployment on that? Because I'm not seeing a deployment range. Read out the description for me. Let's see. Expend a charge to deploy a turret drone that attaches to any object or surface within... Oh, within center sensors and line of sight. Okay. So I can basically only see, like, 10 feet around me, right? Yes. Okay. But the drone will be able to see more than that. I know Linda's general direction, right? Even though I can't see her, I like I was aware of where she was at one point, right? Yes. Okay. So I have six speed. That means I can move 60 feet, right? Because it's six tiles? Yes. I want to move like one at a time <laughs> towards where I last saw Linda. And as I move, because of my Harlequin cloak... I am invisible. So once you see Linda, you're stopping. Yeah, I want to stop next to her so I'm adjacent to her. Okay. And yeah, so you make it all the way over to Linda. Okay. And I do leave a holographic imprint of myself behind in the space from which I started. So I believe I was like near or next to Desi. You were about halfway between Desi and that um, console on the side of the room. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, Linda, I'm so scared. Everything is so dark, I can't see. So worst case scenario, you can just hang out next to me until stuff comes back on. So that's a movement, so I still have an action or two quick actions I can take, right? Yes. Okay. So I can't use, like, my quick tech invade stuff, right? It has to be within my sensors in order for me to do that. Does it say line of sight in the description? This one doesn't. It just says quick text invade strike code until the end of the target's next turn they first take two heat whenever they attack and the tags on these are just unique quick tech and invade oh is it nero spike yes well it looks like that's for invade which is its own thing oh i see okay yeah it has to be within sensors and like i said okay uh, so i do have a quick tech invade uh it's called mirage it says choose yourself or an allied character your systems relay blurred illusory images over their actual silhouette your target treats you or the character you chose as invisible until the end of their next turn so could i put that on arctic fox yeah oh wait no because that's another thing for invade your mirage is basically you're tricking another an enemy's sensors because it says your target treats you or the character you chose as invisible and you don't have a target because you can't see anything. Oh, that's dumb. Okay. Is there like nothing I can do? You could still deploy your turret, I think. Your turret drone. So could I put a turret on Linda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is an object within your line of sight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to put a little buddy on you and it's going to protect you. Um, because, yeah, just, just I'm just going to put this, put this little guy on you. Boop. 
Oh, I got a my own little robot dumpling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the little dumpling. Uh, yeah, so yes, I would use one of my drones. I have three of them, and I would put a drone just on Linda. I guess wherever I can reach, because I'm kind of a little guy right now, so. <laughs> well, it's deployable, so you can, like, toss it. Okay, yeah. So I can only use once per turn, right? Yes, I think so. I see. So that would basically be an activate. I activate my drone system. I use that as a quick action. Yeah, I guess there's really nothing else I can do, right? Oh, wait, I get bolster. So to bolster, choose a character within sensors. They receive two plus on the next skill check or save they make between now and the end of their next turn. Characters can only benefit from one bolster at a time. So I'll put a turret on Arctic Fox, and then I guess I would bolster... Oh, so it says next skill check or save they make. So what is the attack rolls you use, Linda? Isn't it just the normal attack roll? Well, whatever that is, then you'll get plus two on your next skill check. It's not plus two. It's two accuracy. Oh, shit. And then, of course, we also have that bonded thing because I'm next to you. So I don't know how that stacks, but that's what I'm doing because I can't do anything else. Uh, Rail's just like, yeah, go, Linda. <laughs> it does stack. So basically now Linda's next attack will have three accuracy. But again, you only take the highest die. But also your turret drone means that when a um, player within the range of that turret drone makes an attack, the turret drone makes an attack as a reaction. Is it my reaction or is it the turret's reaction? It's your reaction. Okay, cool. So yeah, it's range 10. So as long as you like hit something within 100 feet, which like... It's as long as, um, oh, I guess you're all within that range. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can basically make that reaction, oh, well, it's once per round. So if either Desi or Linda make an attack, you can choose to take that reaction. But per round is still pretty fucking good. So you can only get up to three accuracy, because it caps at three dice, right? Oh, yeah. So even though it's like plus two, plus two, you would still only get three. So still, you still get a plus three on your attack. Uh, and I guess that's the end of my turn. I apologize. That was so grueling. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it gets easier, like, as it goes along and we figure out what everything does. Definitely. So now the little mech Hornet is going to take a turn. And Hornet shoots at Tourniquet, which is Desi's mech. And I rolled a 12. What is Tourniquet's evasion? Tourniquet's evasion is 10. So this does three damage. If you have any armor, you subtract the armor from that damage. I have one armor. Okay, so it does two damage to you. And you are impaired until the end of your next turn. Oh no. So that means I miss my next turn? Impaired means... Impaired is receive one disadvantage on all attack saves and skill checks. It basically means you roll a d6 on all of your attacks and saves and subtract that number from the roll. Neat. That was a quick action. Now, the Hornet is making a tech attack against Tourniquet. So that's 13. What is your E defense? Eight. I mean, you can also brace as a reaction. Can I? Yeah, it says one per round. Trigger, you are hit by an attack and damage has been rolled. Effect, you gain resistance to all damage from that attack. All other attacks against you are made with an additional disadvantage. Uh, you cannot take reactions until the end of your next turn. On your next turn, you can only take one quick action and no other actions of any type. So I guess it's kind of like a trade-off there, but I don't know. You seem like a, be a beefy robot, so I feel like you should be fine for now, but I guess just for future reference. <laughs> yeah. Brace is just like sacrifice future actions to 
take less damage. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay, so it does hit you with this tech attack called Impale Systems. The Hornet makes a tech attack against a character within sensors. So you actually take three heat. So it's not damage, it is heat. So I guess I'm going to take a moment now to go over this important um, system of Lancer. Heat is a special damage type that doesn't do HP damage to your mech, but your mech starts to slowly overheat. Every mech has a heat cap. When your heat exceeds your heat cap, your mech takes one stress and has to make a check, which means bad things could happen if you get to your heat cap. So Genevieve, what is your heat cap? My heat cap is seven, so my heat is down to four. Yeah, so you're fine for now. And what is your stress? My stress is four. Okay. So basically, every time Genevieve's heat cap gets full, she loses one stress. And when she gets down to zero stress, the mech melts down. So basically, there are two ways your mech can be killed. And that's if you lose your HP a bunch of times and take structure damage, or if you take heat too much and take stress damage. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so just take note you've taken three heat damage but you're also jammed until the end of your next turn so you're jammed and impaired now what does jamming do is that just sensors oh no jammed characters can't use comms to talk to other characters you also can't make attacks other than improvised attack grapple and ram and you can't take reactions or take benefit from tech actions okay so you're kind of just stuck in place until the end of your next turn. This is called bullying. You're bullying our <laughs> guest. Yeah, you're being bullied by this tiny hornet robot. Okay, is it my turn? Well, we are back to the top of the round, so it could be your turn, or Rill or Linda could go. I'd like to go because I'm a little pissed off right now at that fucking hornet. All right. Wait, I thought at the end of the round, the last person who went picks who goes next. When every character has taken a turn, the round ends and a new one begins. Okay, so it's players always get to act first. When mech combat begins, the players agree on a player to take the first turn. Then the GM chooses a hostile NPC to act, followed by a player nominated by the player who acted previously. Okay, so you so you nominate who goes second and third. Yeah. I think it, as long as everyone agrees, it's fine to go in whatever order. I think it's just if there is a dispute the previous player to act would be the tiebreaker basically i see okay cool so it's desi's turn right it's uh sorry tourniquet slash disaster's turn um how far away is hornet from me hornet is about 15 feet from you so that's like a space and a half yeah so first i'm gonna move right next to hornet Okay. And I get to move one space up to my speed, and my speed is six, so that's no problem. Um, and now I'm gonna ram Hornet. Okay. <laughs> you are mad at this tiny robot. I am furious. Okay, so when you ram, you make a melee attack with the aim of knocking a target down or back. To ram, make a melee attack against an adjacent character the same size or smaller than you. This one is smaller than you. I should have checked that first. Oh, well, the Hornet is very small and you are very large. You are actually, you're the largest mech in this room. Good. I'm about to bully this little Hornet. 11. The Hornet's evasion is 16. (laughs) Jesus. So 
You miss. <sighs> Dang. Okay, I'm gonna grapple that hornet. Grapple. Make a melee attack. On hit, characters become engaged. Neither can boost or take reactions. The smaller character becomes immobilized, but moves when the larger party moves, mirroring their movement. So basically you get to drag it around. Come on. Mama needs a 16. (laughs) Or greater. (laughs) 17. 17 would be great. 20. Okay. And on top of that, I have Brutal as one of my pilot talents, which I believe when you roll a 20 on a die for an attack and a critical hit, you deal the maximum possible damage and bonus damage. I don't think Grapple actually does any damage. Yeah, I guess you're right. Ah, that's such a waste. Either way, I just pin the frickin' hornet to the ground. Yeah, you do- you have the hornet. Like, you are bullying this small mech. I think that means it's not gonna be able to, like, evade as much either. I don't think it can do anything for a while. It's immobilized. Combat and Lancer is super complicated. Ziva, weren't you saying earlier how, like, beginner-friendly Lancer was? And accessible? (laughs) Only in terms of some parts of it. Combat is definitely not on the list of accessible traits of Lancer. I feel like ComCon has all of the, like, tags and stuff for the weapon, but the status and conditions, that we have to have this separate sheet for. Yeah. So, do you have anything else that you can do this turn? Part of me just wants to rage self-destruct. I mean, you can move still, right? Are my reactions limited? Well, you're you're impaired and jammed, but I don't know if that affects your movement. It doesn't affect your movement. How far away from the wall are we? About 40 feet. So that's four spaces? Yes. And I can move one more time at my, like, at my speed? Yeah, it says you can move up to speed. The same action cannot be taken more than once per turn. But move isn't an action. Move is... But I've already moved. Can you move, do things, and then move again? Or... Anytime characters voluntarily move, they can split up their movement with any actions. And I have already moved... You've moved a space and a half. And my speed is six, so that's 60 feet. So yeah, I'm gonna drag this hoarded and pin it to the wall. Okay. I am fresh out of fucks (laughs) with this hornet. So you're both over against this wall now. Tourniquet's getting horny on main. Oh no. Did that count as making a successful attack? Yes. Okay, because an allied creature within range 10 of a turret drone makes a successful attack. So couldn't I use my reaction to attack the hornet? Yes, you could. Okay, Uh, then yeah, I'll do that. The little turret on Linda's, sorry, Arctic Fox's kneecap just goes pew, and then a laser just shoots straight across the cavern to, dink off the hornets. I think that can't be avoided, right? Well, the hornets immobilize. That's true. So that can't make any voluntary actions. Or any voluntary movement. Yes. So yeah, that, uh, that hits the hornet. So that takes three kinetic damage, and my reaction's done, so. Okay. So the witch is going to go now. The witch is, at this point now, between Desi and Rill and Linda. When it starts to move, it goes invisible again. Mm, That's not allowed. Don't don't do that. It reappears behind Desi. It's trying to help its buddy. It makes a tech attack. 14. Yeah. (laughs) So you're going to take another heat. And 
at the start of the witch's next turn, you're going to take four more heat. Oh, no. That's not great for you. There are some things you can do to uh, deal with that, but not until your turn. Okay. And now the witch is making another tech attack. Another quick action. And the witch rolled a 20. Oh, my God. (laughs) And this was against Tourniquet. On a success, the target immediately and as a reaction uses a weapon chosen by the witch to attack a character within range chosen by the witch. So basically the witch is taking control of one of Desi's weapons and the witch is going to use that that missile launcher. Oh, oh no. So it is going to fire a missile over at Rill. So I need you to roll an attack roll against Rill. I do? Okay. Great. Sorry. This is incredibly rude. I got a nine. <laughs> oh, nice. This is against my evasion, right? Yeah. 13. Okay, you're good. You know, the witch is incredibly rude. <laughs> that heat is gonna um, gonna make some stuff unpleasant if you don't deal with it. I feel like we are woefully underprepared for this encounter. <laughs> Alright, and now it is the next player's turn. I nominate uh, Snow Leopard. Okay, I can hopefully do some damage on that witch. So the field of play right now, you can see the invisible mech up to the north of you. That's about uh, 60 feet. The witch, the hornet, and tourniquet, they're about like 80 feet to your northwest. Okay, so then I have the plus three accuracy on my stuff. So then I want to use my, let me look at my auxiliary nexus, because that's a smart weapon. Actually, I guess I can fire both of them if I want. Yeah, if you have, if they're both quick attacks, then you can use both. Yes, I want to use both. Okay, so I'm going to start with my auxiliary rifle, and since I would normally use my gunslinger skill, but it doesn't really matter at this point because I already have the plus three. Right, so you have plus three accuracy because of your bonded with Rail. Yes. And also I bolstered her. And the bolster, yes. And then I also have an attack bonus of plus one, which I forgot to add last time. Okay. All right, so my d20 roll for my auxiliary rifle, I dropped on the floor like a pro. Which one are you attacking? Uh, I'm going to attack the witch. Okay, so I rolled a 10 plus six plus one, so that's a 17. And is that targeting its evasion? Let me see. Auxiliary rifle is accurate and arcing. Okay, yes, that's evasion. Yeah, you hit. You hit the witch. Okay, and then I do three damage. Hot damn. So the witch is starting to, like, kind of spark and sputter. So then for my next attack, I'm going to use my auxiliary nexus, which is smart. Oh, wow. So I think that targets E-defense. Yes, it does. Does the three I had last time count for all my attacks, or just the first one? So for bolster, it's the next skill check or save you make between now and the end of your next turn. But because we have bonded, and we both have bonded, uh, you do get a plus two accuracy. Okay, great. So I get a plus two to that one, which should still be plenty. And you're still attacking the witch? I'm still attacking the witch. I want to take her, take it out if I can. Before it does all that heat to, uh, to tourniquet. Yes, yes, that's the goal. Teamwork. Yes. <laughs> this is very Linda style. This is exactly why I was the sniper, so I can hang back and just blow everybody away. Yeah. Go team. All right, so I rolled a 10 plus 4, the 14. You hit. And then damage, it's 1d3, so I do 1 damage. Okay, it's still up. Hurting, but still up. 
Okay, so then I know um, someone attacks me, but I, I nominate a Ghost to go next. What is your mech's name again? I can't remember. Uh, Shadow Step. And yeah, the way it works is everyone does have to take a turn before anyone can go again. Okay. Yes, so it's the... Isn't the Hornet's turn or something like that? Well, now it's going to be the Spectre's turn, which oh, is fuck. the invisible I about one. That. Wow, there can only <laughs> be one ghost here. <laughs> yeah, rude. These mechs are so fucking rude. <laughs> Okay, so the specter moves out of the range of Ziva's drone, and now it is invisible again, and you can no longer see it. Dang it. It makes a tech attack against Snow Leopard. Okay. And I rolled a two. What is that, my (laughs) E-defense? Yes. Is higher than two. And now it's making a melee attack, and I rolled a ten. What's your evasion? Twelve. So... Basically, nothing happens, but these failed attacks means you know that it is right next to you on the opposite side of Rill. Okay, I was going to so say. on your right side. Melee range is uh, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of like feel this blade like swing right in front of your cockpit, Ugh. but mm. fails to connect. Don't like that. Yeah, it's horrifying. Okay, so do I know if any of these enemies have taken heat damage yet or not? None of them have taken heat damage. Okay, so I think I know what I'm going to do here. So it's my turn, right? Yes, and you can see again. Fucking awesome. All right, so I'm going to take a full tech action, uh, and I'm going to lock onto the witch, which is choose a character within sensors and line of sight. They gain the lock-on condition. Any character making an attack against a character with lock-on may choose to gain one advantage on that attack and then clear the lock-on condition after that attack resolves. So that's one quick tech action is locking onto the witch. My second quick tech action is going to be I'm going to make a tech attack against a character within sensors and line of sight. Does my lock on count for that? Yes. So you've locked onto the witch. The witch is within your sensors and line of sight. Okay, dope. So I'm going to use an invasion. Uh, so on a success, your target takes two heat and you choose one of the invasion options available. So I am going to do Shrike Code, which is until the end of the target's next turn, they first take two heat whenever they attack. So make a tech attack. Does my bonded count for that? It does, right? I get two advantage for that? Yes. Tech attack is still an attack. Okay. Okay, so my passive tech attack is already plus three. I got a 14 and then a five. So whatever that ends up being, 20-something. Right. So that does hit the witch. Okay. She gets two heat from my invasion success. And then on top of that, because of my Shrike code, she takes... You know, I'm assuming she, just because she's called a witch, that's not very fair. Uh, They take two heat whenever they attack. And then I also have a talent called Hacker. When you hit with a tech attack that consumes lock on, your target must choose to either take two heat or be pushed three spaces in a direction of your choice. So right now she's taking two heat and she has to pick either take another two heat or be pushed three spaces back. The witch is going to choose to be pushed. I guess there's no like wall damage is there. I can't like push her against the wall. (laughs) No, and anyway, the closest wall is where Tourniquet and the Hornet are. Okay, so here's my second question. For push, it says, in a direction of my choice. Does that mean it has to be an outward position? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say you can pick any direction because it's a tech attack. You're kind of hacking into this mech. Okay, then I'll push her towards my... Holographic image? Imprint, yes. Okay. So when hostile characters start their turn in, move through, or move adjacent to the space occupied by a hologram, it detonates. They must succeed on an agility save or take 1d6 energy damage. 
Yeah, so they are moving adjacent to that because of your push. So Witch is trying to make an agility. Got a nine. Okay, my save is a 12. Okay, Witch is taking some damage here. Your hologram is detonating. Oh gosh, I only got a one. (laughs) So one energy damage. Um, Okay. uh, She took two heat and one energy damage. And then if she attacks, then she gets two more heat. So I'm trying to think of how this would look. I guess it doesn't look as cool when you're like locking on because that's all within like your cockpit where it's just like beep, 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 beep. And then I guess whatever a strike code is, like I'm just like furiously tapping. It's like Death Note, but <laughs> instead of writing in a notebook, I'm hacking another robot. You're bullying this witch, but like just by typing on a keyboard. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got my like RGB like keyboard, my mechanical keys. You can hear like furious typing, I guess, or whatever. And then yeah, just like an, invis- an invisible force pushes her back towards my my holographic imprint, which explodes and uh, it just goes ping. <laughs> that sends the witch reeling she's not down but she's like sparking and smoking it's not looking good for the witch ah yes finally all that html i did when i was on neopets is paying off (laughs) (laughs) i love the idea that hacking in is how you bully because i'm imagining that she gets like a little like notification of a dm and it pops up and just says simp (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah it's a little like a projection image projection of real dabbing and then um (laughs) yeah pushes her pushes her towards my hologram anyway and that's the end of my turn i guess (laughs) so it is the hornet's turn now the hornet is immobilized, so it cannot move, but it's still going to make a tech attack against Tourniquet, who is bullying it. 20. I assume a 20 hits your E defense. Yeah, my <laughs> E defense is an 8. So you take 3 heat. Oh no, my heat is now down to 0. Okay, so now what happens? You now have 1 stress. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you take 1 stress damage and make an overheating check. That's a d20, right? It's a d6, actually. Yeah, it's roll 1d6 per point of stress damage marked. So it's just going to be 1d6 because you only have one stress right now. I got a 6. That is emergency shunt. So your mech's cooling systems manage to contain the increasing heat. However, your mech becomes impaired until the end of your next turn. Which is fine because you're already impaired, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is this, does that stack? No. Okay, so it's fine. It's perfect. Okay, this is fine. This is, this is good. Yeah, that's uh, the best possible thing that could have happened there. But so now your heat goes back to zero. Okay. You still have one stress. Basically, the way Lancer works is you can lose all of your HP multiple times before you actually explode. And you can cap your heat multiple times before you actually explode. What does this look like as Tourniquet takes this stress damage? It's probably venting. Yeah, I imagine like these vents open up and just like steam comes out of all cracks and corners of this mech. There's probably something on the inside going beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I look at Linda, I'm like, uh, gosh, I think she's mad. <laughs> <laughs> Desi is furious. Desi is redlining. <laughs> so I think it's Desi's turn now, right? Uh, yeah, Hornet's turn is done. Okay. Um, and I forget, which is still right behind me? No, the witch is about 30 feet to your south. Okay, and Hornet's still there, but I'm still impaired. Also, it is now the beginning of your turn, and you take four heat from that witch's last attack. Neat, 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 neat. That's cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Genevieve is too hot. Hot damn. 
too hot to handle like that netflix reality tv show yeah okay so but i'm impaired and i'm something else you're impaired and jammed yes impaired and jammed now i'm still got this fucking hornet pinned excuse my french (laughs) Um, but i can ram still again right yes it's immobilized so i can't dodge I'm not sure that's how it works, but since oh. I'm not sure, we're going to say yes. Listeners, don't, um, I wor- I'm going to house rule it. That's what I'm saying. I do think it, that's what it says on the cheat sheet. Okay. It might be good to shut down because that's a quick thing and that will relieve your status effects. I want to blow up one of these obnoxious mechs who have been causing me nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am now going to ram the hornet. Okay. 19. Okay. What sort of damage does Ram do? Target is knocked prone and he knocked back one space directly. I don't think it does damage. And it's against the wall, so I don't think it can be knocked back. Yeah, so you kind of just, like, hit it against the wall. You're, you're not really doing anything except bullying it. <laughs> but it is prone now. Now, wait, can I do... I can't do any of my... You can do an improvised attack. You didn't have to just ram it. <laughs> Oh, can I take that back? No. Uh, But I mean, the good thing about ramming it, because it's prone, that thing takes an advantage. So that actually negates your impaired disadvantage. So you can just roll a flat improvised attack. But improvised attack is a full action. So you would have to uh, overcharge to do that. Never mind. I'll overcharge to do it. Wait, can you do a full action with overcharge? I thought it was a quick. I think I can only do a quick action. But you've already done one quick action. Oh, okay. So I can now do a full action. Okay, so I'm going to overcharge. That gives me another heat damage, right? Yep. I don't care. We can print another mech if we need to. (laughs) So I'm going to make another melee attack against an adjacent target. Oh, crap baskets. I rolled a five. Right, but we've house ruled that it can't evade. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I'm going to roll 1d6. Okay. And I roll a two. I'm going to use my reaction to have my turret drone also attack the hornet. So I'm going to be like, uh, heads up, Linda. It, your, your knee's going to give a little kick there. <laughs> As the uh, turret shoots out a little bing. Okay, and the turret does three, right? Three kinetic damage. So Tourniquet just punches this tiny pinned mech, and as you pull your fist away from it after punching it in the tiny face, Rill's turret fires off and blows this mech's head off. Oh, damn! I'm so sorry. I kill stole that. I'm so sorry, please. Oh, can she even hear us? I don't know if she can hear us. She cannot communicate with you at this time, but you definitely stole her kill. Oh no, I feel so- oh god, she's so <laughs> mad at me. Linda's very excited to see one of these jerk-ass mechs go down. Tourniquet, the mech, gives a thumbs up. Real waves. <laughs> or, or rather, shadow step waves. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't see it, I'm just letting you know I don't care. Okay. <laughs> as long as it's dead. Let's all do uh, MMORPG emotes. Linda just crouches up and down for five minutes. <laughs> Okay, so the the Hornet is dead, so now the Spectre is going to take a turn. It is once more trying a tech attack against Linda. Oh, fuck off. 20. Oh, shit. (laughs) My defense is 10. So you are stunned. Okay, and that means... Stunned mechs cannot overcharge, move, or take any actions, including free actions and reactions. Pilots can still mount, 
dismount, or eject from stun mechs, and can take actions normally. Stun mechs have a maximum of 5 evasion and automatically fail all hull and agility checks and saves. That sucks. So, you are stunned? This effect lasts until a character other than the specter starts their turn adjacent to you or moves adjacent to you. Okay. Really, this was kind of a stupid move by the specter <laughs> because real is right next to you. I'm bad AI for this fight, but <laughs> but that was a full tech. So that is the um, specter's full turn. Okay. Can I be nominated for my next turn or does it have to be Linda? Genevieve, who are you nominating to take a turn next? Oh, um... It should be Rill. Rill. <laughs> I am going to do uh, a couple tech actions here. And I'm already next to Linda, right? So I don't, have to, I don't even have to move. Right, you just have to start your turn next to her to unstun her. Okay, dope. Uh, well, this Spectre is, like, bullying the shit out of my girl Linda, and I'm not having any of that. So I am going to... Once more, I'm going to use a lock-on. Just as a note, Linda is between you and the specter, so you don't have line of sight to it unless you move a little bit. All right, so I will move <laughs> one step forward <laughs> and go invisible, I guess, and now there's a holographic imprint of me, so... And also, it is invisible. Like, you know where it is, but it is invisible. Oh, really? Okay, so how does how that 50% chance to miss thing work? Because I couldn't find any rules about, like, rolling. Okay, so the specter is here hidden and there's an effect there so cannot be targeted by hostile actions and you only know its approximate location so i guess you cannot target it all right okay so what i'm gonna do i still gonna take two tech actions i'm going to move forward so that's within line of sight i'm going to scan because scan no is it search right yeah the search makes it lose its benefit from hidden yes i will use my search so I make a contested systems check against their agility, and because I'm next to Linda, I get a plus two to that. So, okay, so it's a four plus two plus four, so a ten. Okay, and the specter's agility is... Oh, so I have to roll, right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh yeah, it's a contested check. <laughs> I got a seven. Okay, so I see them, right? Yes. So now I'm going to use lock on. So now they have a lock-on thing on them. So I get plus three because lock-on gives me advantage. And I get plus two from Linda. So then I... And that's two quick actions. That is. I'm going to overcharge. All right. So you take one heat. Is there any drawbacks besides the heat? No. Okay, cool. So I am going to do an invasion tech attack on the Spectre, which I have locked on. I got an 18. Okay. And that's against its E-defense? Yes. Yeah, you, you got it. Okay. My hacker ability, like my first tier, says, you know, when you hit with a tech attack that consumes lock-on, your target must choose to either take two heat or be pushed three spaces. And I also gain the following options for invade. So my invade option procs first, and then they would take the two heat or be pushed back, right? Yes. It's going to take the heat. Okay. So it already takes two heat, so it takes four heat. And I'm going to use the invasion effect hack dot slash slash... <laughs> Oh, I see. Your target cannot benefit from or take quick or full tech actions until the mech is either shut down or its core computer is rebooted with a successful systems check as a quick action. Okay. All right. So basically you just did four heat to it. Yes. And it can't take quick or full tech actions until it shuts down. Okay. And so now it is the witch's turn again. So the witch is making an attack against Rill. A tech attack. 
So they until the end of the target's next turn, they first take two heat whenever they attack. Yes. The witch is taking two heat now and making attack attack. Roll the 20 against your E defense. How about eat my ass? Yeah, that, that goes. So you take one heat immediately, and then you're going to take a further four heat at the start of your next turn. Oh, uh, that's incredibly rude. I don't like that. <laughs> that's going to be the witch's full turn. Its other attacks are recharging. So now we are, um, I guess it's Linda's turn. Yes. And she's good now, right? Yeah, she's good because you unstunned her. All right. Shadow Step holds Arctic Fox's hand and kind of gives it a little squeeze. And is like... <laughs> <laughs> That's very cute because Shadow Step's like half Linda's size. So field of play right now, there is an unhidden specter right next to you. All right. There is a sparking and sputtering witch about 60 feet to your northwest. Okay, so I want to do my two quick actions instead of one full. So then I want to use my thermal rifle, which is armor piercing, against the specter. Because it's like right next to me and the range on that is short. So then again I get my plus two from bonded. So I rolled a 15 plus four, which was the higher of my two, plus one. So that's 21. Yeah, that definitely hits. Okay, so then I do 1d3 plus two damage. So that's three plus two. That's five damage on the specter. All right, you're like point blank shooting this mech. So even though it's invisible to the eye, but it's showing up on your sensors. And when you hit it, it just like briefly shimmers into existence before shimmering back to invisibility. It's still up, but that was a uh, powerful hit on it. It's armor piercing. Does that matter? It doesn't actually have armor, so it took that full damage anyway. Okay, wow. All right, so I just smacked that thing right in the face. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do my um, auxiliary rifle as well, um, and that is a plus one accuracy, so that's a plus three then, since I already have the bonded. But I'm going to use that to shoot the witch. So I rolled a 14 plus 5, which is a 19, plus again my attack, which is a 1, so that's another fucking 20. Good grief. Man, you cannot be stopped. (laughs) That does hit. Damn, I was rolling like shit earlier, and now I'm rolling great. Um, This is a coincidence, I swear. This is like in the anime when you're like down on your luck, but then like, uh, I don't know, your eyes start glowing, and then you like sync up with your robot, and then you're just like moving as one. Yeah! (laughs) Um, And then I roll um, a five divided by two is two and a half rolled, uh, rounded up to three, so I do three damage to the witch. You shoot at it, and what kind of shot is that? What kind of. It's my auxiliary rifle, so it's an arcing shot, and it's kinetic damage. So that rifle shot just tears straight through this witch and like buries itself in the far wall. Dang. Kind of over by where Desi is and the witch just crumbles. Yeah, take that. Linda is cheering over the comms. You did it. Yeah. So the witch is down and it's just to the specter left. All right. Is it is it the specter's turn? No, it's Desi's turn, right? Yeah, we're back to the top of the round. All right. Now, can I extrapolate where Spectre is because of its proximity to Snow Leopard? It is no longer hidden because Rail did the search on it. And also, you're no longer uh, jammed and impaired. So I think Desi at this point, like, Tourniquet has been jammed. It has been overheating. 
It is taking stress damage. She hasn't been able to contact anyone and she hasn't been able to kill anyone. <laughs> this is the part where Desi snaps and she screams in frustration as she flips all the switches to activate the SSC-30 high penetration missile system that's equipped on her tourniquet. The SSC-30 High Penetration Missile System, HPMS, is a mech-mounted micro-missile delivery system capable of tremendous combat output. Using the SSC-30 HPMS, the Monarch can carry and deliver its payload of 60 or more deadly miniaturized Avenger warheads in a single volley. Holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) This action is called Divide Punishment. Choose any number of characters within range 50. Your targets must each succeed on an agility save or take 1d4 explosive. On a success, they take half damage. These are self-guided missiles and can reach any target as long as there's a path to it. She targets all of them. All of them. Good lord. At Spectre. <laughs> and activates Divide Punishment. Tourniquet's about to bring the cave down on our fucking heads. <laughs> So why don't you do that agility save? Okay. I rolled a seven. What is your save target? Oh, save target's 11. Okay. So yeah, you are um, bringing down the house. That's a 1d6 plus four, please. Am I rolling that or are you? Yeah, it's your oh, damage. Yeah. Did you say 1d6 plus four? Dang. It's divine punishment. <laughs> uh, I rolled a three... Plus four. Okay, well, let me just say that um, once you hit it, there was no way for it to survive that. If you had rolled a one plus the four, you would have killed it. So those missiles just like shoot out of your mech. And why don't you tell me what this looks like? Probably about 50 of those missiles slam right into Spectre, which is now partially visible. And like there are missiles going everywhere smacking into the like walls of the cavern and debris is falling down um it's probably a miracle that Rill and Linda escaped unharmed this is like the spark of creation distilled into this cavern onto this stupid freaking invisible mech I am freaking done with all three of these um, this is overkill beyond overkill, and that's exactly what Desi was going for. Desi is bringing <laughs> down the house. Rocks fall, everyone dies. <laughs> Desi is both rocks and rats. <laughs> when the smoke clears, when the light is out, there's nothing left of, of this mech. Oh god, I think it went invisible again. Be careful, guys. There is, however, a small but smoking crater in the ground of the cave. Oh my god, it can burrow. (laughs) So uh, that is all of the mechs dealt with, and the three of you are alone in the cavern once more. Well, that was exhilarating, wasn't it? Uh, you guys were badass. Like, Linda, you were like, pew! And then then Desi was like, and I don't know, that was really cool. That was extremely cool, Rill. That was... That was lit! Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Rill, thank you for the headshot on the Hornet. 
Yeah, I feel bad. No, do not feel bad, as long as it's Okay, dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad that we killed these, because it seems like they were, like, possessed by, um, ghosts or something, so I'm fine with that. I'm fine with killing, uh, soulless robots. It doesn't matter one way or the other. They're gone. That's all that matters. I mean, no, like, yeah, I would prefer not to commit more murders of living things, of dead things, if they attack us. It's fine. You actually had a uh, problem with murdering dead things in our last arc. They're already dead. It's just, you know, if they're dead and attacking me, well, all bets are off, you know? Um, <laughs> if someone gets between me and my goal, all bets are off. Linda does not have a lot to weigh into this conversation. Uh, she's definitely not on team murder, but she does not count this as murder. And so uh, you can hear her quietly just like whooping it up a little bit in her robot saying things like, That was badass. I'm a badass. You guys are both uh, very badass. Like, uh, Linda was all like, oh, and, and then uh, uh, Dez was like, that was neat. I mean, after those jackasses just pinned me in a corner, I wish I had more missiles. Those were not very polite robots, but maybe no more missiles uh, with the, the rocks. Yeah, I don't want to uh, get stuck here. Not that I think we would, because Zen would uh, like beam us out, but uh, so far we haven't experienced personal death. Yeah, let's not find out. Let's, yeah, no. I have gotten hit on the head a couple times, but you know, that's fine. Yeah, I guess Rill would go towards... Oh, is the door still closed? The door is still closed. Okay, I guess I'll do what I was originally doing, which was go to the console to try to hack it. Okay. Who's closest to the door right now? Is it still uh, Dez? Yeah, Desi's closest to the door. I guess it doesn't matter. We're not in combat. I could just go to the door and see if it opens, right? Rill, hack the door already. Well, the door might just open. Okay, what? it's fine. Whatever. Please. I think first they go to the door see if it opens, right? Does it open? It doesn't open. Okay, so, so I do have to hack it. Okay, then yeah, I'll do what I originally was going to do and go to the computer or whatever to do that. Hack it. Rules light. Gay heavy. Knees weak. Mom's spaghetti. Listen to us truly earn the explicit podcast tag on Roll Gay Roleplay. Where we roll with sass and kick some ass. Our dysfunctional party isn't afraid to get our hands dirty. Feel free to interpret that however you want. So violence is on your gay agenda. Come join our campaign at Roll Gay Roleplay. And And may Yonsei be be with with you. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Sipa. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.